Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my good friend Daniela, the side hustle queen from ilike2dabble.com. Daniela is a software engineer who started her blog on side hustles in 2017 as a creative outlet. She has been helping her readers to generate more side income and redefine their options, their careers, life changes, their future, etc. When it comes to her streams of income, she has been unstoppable ever since she earned her first dollar. She has expanded both her income and the number of income streams. Daniela will share how it all started for her, how she currently earns money from 12 income streams, yes, what her goals are and how you can get started with a side hustle that fits your needs or preferences, even in the ongoing pandemic. This episode is for you if you're looking at making extra money on the side to reach your financial goals. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Daniela. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? Yes, I'm great. I'm doing fine. I'm uh, excited to speak to you. It's been a while since we met each other, actually. Uh, one year and a half, I think. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to speak to you, of course. And as well, you have a specialty. You're the side hustle queen. So um, I'm excited to speak about side hustles and to see how we can help the listeners to pick the best side hustles that is right for them, especially in these times of pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to get into this. Uh, great, great. Uh, and Daniela, of course, before we start, just maybe we can um, talk a little bit about yourself just to put some context. So yeah, as we talked before, you, um, you're from the US and you, you recently moved back or moved to uh, the Washington area, which is close to Seattle. You're a software engineer, I believe, in your day job. And then you have uh, your website, I like to dabble, and all the social media with it that go with it. And your focus is side hustles. Maybe I painted, I said it all already. Maybe you can add some, you have something to add to that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the introduction. So I am from St. Louis, Missouri, which is the Midwestern part of the United States. And back in the beginning of December, my wife and I actually moved to the West Coast mm -hmm. in Northwestern Washington. It was originally for a job change for my wife. Uh, so far, we do love it here. It is great. Washington is definitely a better state, I think, than Missouri. I am a software engineer for my day job. I do work 100%, you know, remote full time for my job. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of us are remote workers due to the pandemic. Um, it definitely, I actually got my remote work approved before the pandemic, which is kind of funny, is because it's not like I really had to go through that process, I guess, no, now exactly. that everyone became remote. And so I actually created my blog, I Like to Dabble, back in 2017. It was in between two back to back layoffs I was going through. I created, originally as like creative outlet. It was as a hobby blog. And it was after that first layoff. And then a couple of months into my blog, I got laid off again. And I really started digging into researching how to make money with it. Mm -hmm. I did want to make it into a passive income stream. Eventually, I didn't know how successful I would get with that. I was really kind of clueless starting out. But as soon as I started like sucking in some of that information and soaking it up, I really kind of got hooked to it. As soon as I made my first dollar, I, I vowed to never rely on one source of income again. Mm -hmm. And now thanks to my blog, I'll be able to leave my full-time 
full-time day job within the next five years. You know, as I think about it more and more, I feel like that timeline might move up a little bit, but I don't want to say anything in case any of those people are are listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I understand. And then um, you, you mentioned you made your first dollar. So what was it? It was actually the first dollar came from Google AdSense. That was the first stream of income I was able to implement on my blog was Google AdSense. At the time, I had this kind of ongoing battle with Google AdSense of trying to get approved. And I got rejected three times mm-hmm. until I finally just kept adding more content. I was looking at my site. And I was like, okay, it probably looks maybe like a little bit of an empty site. Maybe it didn't look as trustworthy. So I started adding more content, making it more personal, You know, just kind of following the rules that Google did send me, even though they weren't that great <laughs> of instructions to follow. They were kind of, you know, broken. They never, they're never... We were all right to the point, but that was my first income that I was able to implement on my blog. Okay, fantastic. And then, of course, this sparked the chain of events that we know today. And then, of course, Daniela, I want to ask you, you, you had this Google AdSense, so ads on the website. And then what else did you have or, or what else? Yeah, what else did you dabble into as side activities? Was it only linked to your website or some as well, let's say, uh, physical activities, like, I don't know, maybe a deliver a food or something? So I've actually been kind of on and off side hustling since I was a teenager in mm-hmm. high school. I've done everything from selling my art to fixing and reselling PlayStations, reselling thrift store items, as well as guitars that my, my wife actually does. She flips guitars on eBay. I help her with that. And she actually is the one who has educated me more on how to resell and flip items online for a profit. I've also I've also was a pet sitter on Rover. I've done that before. I've done freelance writing. I've done freelance web development um, on the side of my full-time job. I've done a lot of weird, different side hustles on the side. But mm-hmm. when it came to 2017 and working my blog, at that time, the only other side hustles I had were freelance writing. I still had a couple of like freelance development projects going on on the side from past clients that I had earlier in my career. But those have since you know gone away. I haven't had much time for that, nor have I wanted to kind of for that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder if I, did I say reselling? Yeah. So it was reselling, you know, free reselling, freelance. And then I always kind of test outside hustles. A lot of the side hustles that I write about on my blog are stuff that I've tested out in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, not every single thing on that blog is something I've tested. You'll see on certain review posts that they're, they're written by some of my freelance writers that help me with the site. So those are apps or services that they would go ahead and Then review, but I really do enjoy reviewing like side hustle apps, new things going on online that people are using to make money, just to kind of see for myself before I'm able to go and then recommend it to somebody else. Okay, and today, so you have the the full time job, you still have it. You have your website. So, what other streams of income have you been able to generate, or are you doing every day, or not every day, but uh, are you uh, living off today? So currently, I have a total of. I believe it's 12 different income streams. Oh, so wow. nine of those are, yeah, nine of those are through my blog though, mm-hmm. which I'll go over those. So I have my day job income, you know, can't forget that. Thank you, <laughs> day job for that. Um, I have, you know, investment income from dividends, but those always go right back into the investments. You know, those are, I, that's what I do right now until, you know, in the future, if I'm able to live off those dividends as my investments grow, that would be wonderful. And then I have my, well, my wife and I reselling income. It isn't as, I guess, regular as it used to be because we did, we were really in the groove of reselling, of buying things online and then reselling them and listing them. But since our move, it has kind of died down a lot. And then with the blog, I have income from my ads. That's one affiliate income, which comes from affiliate partnerships. Um, when I do recommend products to my readers, 
I'm usually in affiliate partnerships with those companies because there's mm-hmm. either three other products or apps that I've used before and recommend or that I know they've worked out for someone else. Sponsored partnerships, which is when a company does approach me to work in some sort of sponsored manner, which is kind of like a fixed fee. And you work with them on a partnership basis, such as through blog posts or social media posts or videos. I have freelance income, which I now it's mostly like it's kind of all under the blog, even though I'm on I work as a freelance writer for these other sites, not like as a full-time freelance writer or anything. They're mostly mm-hmm. very it's just a couple of articles every month. They are some in some way kind of hooked back to my name of being I like to dabble because it's always <laughs> in my bio. Yeah. I do some freelance design projects that's usually helping other bloggers. I also run workshops and webinars. I have a variety of courses as well as my new Pinterest course that should be coming out soon. I also I have digital products like my printables or templates online that folks download. And I also do speaking. So I do a couple of speaking either for friends, certain events that they have going on, workshops or speaking at events. Like I, my first speaking event was actually last year and it was the virtual FinCon. They reached yeah. out to me for a breakout <laughs> session. And that was my first speaking gig because I didn't know I could speak. And I'm terrified of public speaking, but blogging and kind of just trying these things out as they come. It's mm-hmm. really, it's kind of been really fun and I, I kind of like it now. Oh, excellent. Well, that's uh, quite many sources of income. And uh, okay, congratulations, first of all. And um, I'm wondering as well, because, okay, this is a lot of things. I mean, uh, knowing how passive income works and how active income works, I mean, it requires a lot of energy, all of this. So how do you uh, use your time? Because, I mean, you have your day job, you have your uh, social life, let's say. And yeah, how do you manage your time? Are you like... uh, sleeping five hours a day or how do you do it? Oh, no, I, I like to sleep a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't want to work. I don't, I'm not like, oh, I want to do this the rest of my life. I want to be a business owner mm-hmm. and, you know, climb up the ranks and be a giant globally recognized business owner and work to the day I die. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I am trying to literally like, I'm stacking all of these side hustles and all these income sources right now to kind of build up this arsenal so I can eventually not work in the future. <laughs> so at the same time, I'm, you know, funneling extra money saved to 401k, to our investments, like our brokerages, you know, into our house to pay that off as well. And so like to manage all this time when you do this stuff, it's with a blog. At first, it was very difficult because with blogging, you're not only writing um, like, you know, with a podcast, you're not only, you know, on your podcast, there's all this other stuff you have to do, like promoting on social media or how to implement SEO with your site or your you know, your project, how to reach out to others, build relationships, how to create products and services, like, you know, how to actually make money. And it's always a learning process. Oh, yeah. The beginning, I was saying be a, a lot of it can be a rabbit hole. Huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely a rabbit hole. And you lose time kind of mm. jumping into that rabbit hole. In the beginning, I lost a lot of time. You know, my wife came to me and she's like, you're spending a lot of time on this. I was like, I know, I know. And <laughs> I'm gonna, I need to take a step back. And I did. Mm. I took a huge step back last year. And I actually hired some help. So I hired a couple of freelance writers that helped me with the site. Mm-hmm. I have a virtual assistant now that helps me with all my social media. And I just hired on an SEO consultant to kind of help me with supports. The SEO. Like since my site has been around for four years, it's kind of, it's pretty big when, if you look at the content and the, the articles that are on and all the different, the kind of work that we go into updating that for mm-hmm. SEO purposes for Google is a huge amount of effort that when I looked at it, I was like, I need help with this. So yeah, I, sure. <laughs> And I probably should have stepped back earlier for help, but I'm one of those people who's like, oh, I don't need help. I can do this. I can do this. I'm, you know, I have control issues. Like <laughs> a lot of online creators probably do. Mm. And I mean, like I 
tell any, I don't tell anybody like you can't avoid burnout because you can't, especially with something you're really passionate about. It's hard to avoid burnout because mm-hmm. you just, you want to, it's fun to explore and create and experiment. So you really have to be mindful of how much time you're spending on it. So now I do force myself to take time off. I mm-hmm. take Saturdays off and most of Sundays, usually the only time working on my blog are about three hours a day, if that, and that's usually just like admin work. Uh, maybe I'm formatting some posts, batch scheduling stuff. Um, right now, I'm really trying to crank out my Pinterest mini course. So there's a little bit of extra time going into that. But uh, yeah, it's hard to set those boundaries with yourself, but it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see what you what you mean. I can relate, of course. It's a bit different for me, but it, mainly it's roughly the same uh, the same process. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to optimize a bit of my, my time as well. And uh, I, I, for example, the Saturdays, I try to not work anymore. Sundays, I do a little bit of work. And in the week, I try to maybe have one or two evenings really off. And the rest, I try to, to do some light work or some consistent work. Like tonight, it's okay, it's you. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. but, it, but it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's right. uh, time blocked anyway. So I, I need to, to prioritize this. Anyway. So yeah, it, it's a lot of work and yeah, it's important if, and if you can manage like you do uh, to delegate, that's great. But of course, before you get to that stage, uh, I think you need to uh, find what you need and, and maybe for the listeners uh, who are listening and who maybe they are looking for a, a side activities, maybe they want to make some money extra for whatever goal that is. How would you say someone needs to start looking at side hustles? I mean, because you can, it's, it's a rabbit hole as well. Huh? We talked about the rabbit hole of uh, blogs and podcasts and online stuff. But what about the listener? I mean, how should they find a good side hustle that fits them? Well, there are a variety of ways you could go about that. There mm-hmm. are, I do like the fact that a lot of people are turning to personality tests online to look at the type of side hustles that might fit them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any specific personality tests to reference, though, in this instance, because I didn't take one of those. I've always been kind of drawn to blogging. So when I did it, I I just, I kind of knew it was something I wanted to do. But um, when folks are thinking about side hustles they can start, I always encourage them to brain dump, just literally brain dump everything that's in their head about something they would want to start as a side mm-hmm. hustle. That could be skills that you have, maybe skills you want to build upon or skills you want to learn. Just side hustle ideas you've probably thought about or saw about online or maybe watching something. So if you want to Start something that's online. I always reference freelancing. I know it's hard to get into freelancing as someone completely new, mm-hmm. but looking for freelancing opportunities, Facebook is actually really great for that. If you go to Facebook groups, you know, Facebook, and then you filter on groups and you type in when you're searching stuff as freelance, you freelance writing, maybe, mm-hmm. or virtual assistant. And then Facebook has a huge amount of groups that are always already there that are people they're all freelancers or beginner freelancers and beginner virtual assistants that go on there to respond to queries for jobs. So there'll be people on those groups posting that they need help with a X, Y, and Z, or that they know somebody at this site. They'll also share job posting that they find online Mm -hmm. and they share tips and stuff. And it's really great. I also, um, if you want to get started with freelance writing, which anybody, I mean, I'm not going to say anybody because there are people with limitations, but Starting out with writing, I didn't know much about writing. I was never really a strong writer. I was I came from a very technical background. And then my only creative skills I have were like painting, design, but not much writing. Mm-hmm. And writing, I really pushed myself with starting my blog before, you know, just using that skill of writing with a blog. Let's say you don't have to create a blog that costs you any money. You can go on WordPress and create a free blog and then just 
jot down some things. If you do enjoy writing and you want to expand on that skill, you can do that with a blog. And then you could go to Facebook groups to then network with others that are also looking to get started with freelancing. Mm -hmm. Maybe type in beginner freelance writing too in Facebook groups to see what comes up. And then look, uh, you can go to Google and type in freelance job boards. I know problogger.com. They have some great freelance writing jobs and they do take beginners. A lot of those job posting have beginner blog posts beginner posting for freelance jobs. Okay, that's good. That's a, that's an excellent one. But you know, maybe there are some people that are like, yeah, but uh, writing is really not for me. But one, one thing first, maybe you, you mentioned a virtual assistant. What is that actually? What, what does that mean? I mean, for people who haven't read the, the four-hour work week, what does one virtual assistant do? That's a great question. So a virtual, a virtual assistant is basically somebody who helps someone else who has like a small business or a blog with anything they need to be need to get done. And there are people that actually do specializations as virtual assistants. Like there'll be virtual assistants out there that only do social media management or virtual assistants out there that only do Pinterest management. Um, there's also virtual assistants like mine does kind of a little bit of everything. She helps me, helps me with my Pinterest stuff, some Canva designs. She also helps me with creating transcripts for my videos for those subtitles in Otter. She'll also help me with some scheduling if I need that done. So if you want to become a virtual assistant, like let's say you have skills like you can help people event coordinate or with their social media or with formatting stuff and editing works online such as writing or even photos like think of anything that's done online and you could basically do it as a virtual yeah. assistant for people that own small businesses yeah no i think that's uh that's a quite a nice one because i think it's doable by many people and uh, not only women i mean so oftentimes it's uh it, it's seen as a secretary. I mean, uh, but it's it can be done by uh, dudes as well. So uh, I mean, nobody should uh, hesitate. I mean, if they want to do that. And I think, uh, can you give us a range of uh, hourly rate or how does that work for the pricing? Just to give an idea of what people can make. Yeah. So it all depends on the type of virtual assistant you are, mm -hmm. the tools that you have, and how many you know how much those tools actually cost, and how much money you're you're wanting to make as a virtual assistant because. A certain rate for somebody else might not be the same for you. Mm -hmm. And it isn't 100% based on experience because my virtual assistant, when she quoted me her rate, I knew that she hadn't been a virtual assistant forever. She kind of trans transitioned over into that from COVID and losing her job. Mm -hmm. But she did have some great experience. But I, you know, and I, I really connected with her and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. That's your rate. And I'm going to pay you that rate. And I'll tell everybody what I pay her. I pay her $35 an hour. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually a good average rate for a virtual assistant. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but that's good because uh, there's two things here. So then the listeners know, okay, this is what the rate is, what you can make per hour or maybe less if you're less experienced, depending. And then for me, for people who are developing a business and they think, hmm, maybe I can get more efficient with my time, then I know, okay, maybe $35 is what I need to pay. Yeah, you always you have to figure, you know, what are the costs of you running your virtual assistant service? And then make sure that you price yourself so you can cover those costs and pay yourself a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. And do you, so you mentioned freelancing, virtual assistant. I think these are great suggestions. Any other uh, jobs that you think of that uh, could be done in, I mean, during this pandemic to, to make some sign money? Yes, absolutely. So I don't, if you're somebody who's like, I don't want to go out and like try to find clients as a freelancer or virtual assistant. I'm just somebody who wants to do something online from home. You can do that actually for companies if you have 
any sort of experience mentoring people. You can actually apply to be an online tutor or online teacher with VIP Kids. Those are one of the sites. There's another one called Q Kids. And what they do is they teach English online to students abroad. Mm-hmm. And they're so they do also have a requirement for you to, I can't remember the exact license it is, but they provide you that training through it. Okay. And then the other experience that they require is that you have some sort of experience, either counseling children, mentoring people, teaching in any sort of setting. Okay. Now that's a good one. And then about teaching, you know, back in the days, since I play guitar myself, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I should teach guitar. And then um, that's when I was living in France and I was thinking, I was looking and it, um, at least in 2016, this paid about 20, 25 euros an hour. I didn't do it because I have no patience actually to teach guitar, but <laughs> so, so I, I, I didn't do it, but at least I, I did my research. So There's many things that you can teach online. So it's a good one because it it can be languages. It can be guitar. It can be something else, something you're passionate about or something you you're good at. So that's, uh, that's excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Any, any other uh, suggestions, uh, Daniela? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there are a ton of different side hustles out there that you can start. It all, it depends. Like, do you just want to work from home? Yeah. Do you, are you able if somebody wants to go out and reach out for clients, if not, maybe looking for side hustle gigs, like with VIP kid or looking elsewhere, like walking dogs or pet sitting with Rover. Rover Mm -hmm. does not pay that well. And I'll tell people up front that I know that because I tried it out myself. (laughs) The fees are a little high. It is a little bit of much time put in for Rover, but we actually use Rover when we go out of town and went here. We had an emergency, a family emergency happened back home. So we had to kind of rush home. But we have a lot of pets. We have five cats and two dogs. Oh, really? And we can't okay. just get up and leave at any time because mm-hmm. we have to make sure they're alive. So we actually found a woman here in our area to come and to... So she couldn't house it just because I, she has pets herself. She couldn't stay the whole time. So what she did was she did drop-in visits and she did four a day. But since we had such a large amount of pets, she actually got paid really well over the course of like four days of doing those drop-in visits. And each one was maybe 10 minutes. She came, she fed them, let the dogs out, played with them a little bit, and then she left. And she didn't live very far. So for her, it was actually really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. if you were to try out something like that, you, you could get a bigger payout depending on like how many pets you were to take on. Okay, no, excellent. And then uh, um, I had one question. Uh, is there um, a side hustle, an activity that maybe is popular, but that you would not recommend? So Are there any, because you, you mentioned Rover, but are there other activities that you say, no, please avoid it. It's a waste of time or it's the ROI is really, really low. Any bad experience maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah. So I've, I see a lot of people trying to get started on Amazon mm-hmm. with Amazon drop shipping. And Amazon drop shipping used to be really, I still like hit like the peak maybe three years ago, two, three years ago, where people are making really good money with Amazon drop shipping. And now Amazon's become really saturated, even though I'm saying like, you know, Market saturation is sometimes a great thing because if there's a market for it, that's a good thing. But with Amazon, it's just, I think it's too hard for people to get started on it with Amazon drop shipping, especially when your item comes up in the search, but it's on Amazon probably 1,500 other times. It's going to show people recommended items that are cheaper. It's hard. It's really easy to lose sales. It's, and it's so hard to learn all of that and get a good profit going in a short amount of time. I'm not sure about long-term either because I've never done drop shipping. I do know a couple that had, was very successful with actually reselling on Amazon. They mm-hmm. did fulfillment by Amazon where they would go and they would source products from stores like Target, Kohl's, Big Lots. And then 
they would resell them on Amazon. But what they would do is they would ship all the items to Amazon. So Amazon would actually do all the shipping and stuff for them. Um, and I've actually tried that one out myself and it's very hard to do and really time consuming. Yeah, but you should have followed the course of that dude on YouTube in between the ads, you know, it seems also right? easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is not. I mean, as somebody who resells on eBay, eBay is the easiest freaking platform out there for re reselling. Mm. Amazon is the hardest thing. I could not, it's just so much time, it's so time consuming to go source the products in the stores because when you do this, Amazon gives you an app that you can scan the items in the stores to see the comparison of how much is going in the store versus Amazon. But it also gives you like, you can't sell certain categories starting out. You can't, there's a lot of restrictions, so many barriers. And it just felt like a waste of time when I could have done it so much easier on eBay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I had a question because now I just think of something that your wife, she um, flips guitars. So uh, what does she do? Is that repairing and putting some nice decoration on it? What does she exactly do? So for guitars, what she does is she's a huge guitar collector. So she has some of that knowledge of like knowing what guitars are rare when they're made in a certain country versus another country, mm -hmm. what kind of wood they're made out of and certain variations on the guitar, she can tell like how rare it is, and how much she can resell it for. But she also looks at like the ever-changing guitar prices in the market and kind of sees like, all right, is this a good time to buy this specific guitar? I don't know. Like for instance, if she were to see something like a Gretsch, which is a very nice like brand name guitar for, I don't want to like, if there's anybody listening that like, you know, likes guitars a lot, I'm not going to get like super technical because I, there's a lot that I don't know. But let's say she just found a Gretsch. We don't know what kind of Gretsch, whatever. It's nice Gretsch, nice black Gretsch. And it's like mm -hmm. $200. She's yeah. going to snag that up because she could sell that for like over $2,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think they had a great, uh, they had great 12 string models. So if, if you can snatch an old one uh, in good condition, yeah, probably she can resell it. So it's more like um, finding a good deal and trying to resell it. So yeah, it's not, it's not upgrading it. It's really trying to find the deals and uh, sell it at a better price. Yeah. Well, actually, she does both. So oh, there's she does both. Okay. she'll buy some that are cheaper that she knows she can resell for more. Mm -hmm. She'll buy some that she likes a lot and she'll just kind of keep on hand for a while because she knows the price is going to go up. And when it does, that's when she resells it. And then there's others that she finds that have minor issues with them that she knows she can repair, mm -hmm. like issues with strings or if she wants to add certain like things on the guitars. She will. Um, she'll replace certain parts of it or she did actually like completely repaint a guitar one time and resold it. Um, so she does like a variation of things. Mm -hmm. But then this can be applied as well to somebody's passion. I mean, if, uh, okay, I, I don't have an example now in my head except cars, but that's maybe a bit expensive. But if there are some, maybe furniture, that's something that pops in now, maybe some furniture you can try to find, you can kind of refurbish it, repaint it, refresh it, and maybe then you can sell at a higher price. I mean, if it's, that's your passion, oh, yeah. why not? If you have knowledge about it. This is a good idea as well, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I know mm -hmm. there are a couple of people, you know, in the personal finance community that do this too. Uh, Money Nerds, she actually, she buys furniture that she'll find like on Facebook Marketplace or at maybe estate sales or something like that. And then she will, you know, refinish it. She'll paint a different color and then she'll resell it on Facebook Marketplace or elsewhere. Yeah, actually, I was thinking of one of her last posts that flashed in my head now. So yeah, it's her Whitney. So yes, she does yeah. that. So it's, um, no, it's great. And um, I know people do that uh, all, over, all over the world. So that's, uh, yeah, it's great. It's a good idea. And I've done a little bit of flipping myself. It's, uh, I was, uh, I didn't, I wanted to play Zelda back in the days, actually two years ago. 
I want to pay, play Breath of the Wild, so I bought a Nintendo Switch on sale. I mean, sorry, not on sale, uh, secondhand. I played Zelda, and then when I finished it, I sold it again, and I sold it even with a profit. But, okay, the goal was to, to play for free. But, I mean, <laughs> there's a ton of uh, stupid things like this to, to do, and it can bring money or not. But at least I, um, yeah, okay, I, I made a little bit of money, but I wanted to play the game for as cheap as possible. So basically I did it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's great. I love, you know, we're finding ways that we can just make ourselves extra money so we can use something. That's great too. Yeah. And then, Daniela, um, you know, once, let's say, people, uh, the listeners find their, uh, an activity they feel comfortable with and they say, okay, let, let's say I'm going to pet dogs. Okay, you get money. That's great. But uh, do you need to declare that money or how does that work? Uh, is there a minimum amount where you can get that money tax-free? So in the United States, the mm -hmm. way that their self-employment tax, employment income is taxed, I don't like to go too, many, too much into taxes because I'm not an accountant. But on the IRS website, it is if you expect to pay, if you expect to earn like $1,000 on your side income, then you are expected to pay that self-employment tax. Um, and you can pay it either quarterly or all at once during our tax season, which is right now. Mm -hmm. And if so, if you're not sure with your side hustle activity, if you do owe taxes or not, or let's say you're in the U.S., I do recommend reaching out to an accountant or equivalent of that in a, in whatever country that you're in. Mm -hmm. And um, OK, I will just mention in Europe how it works, at least for the countries I've lived in, there's always uh, as well a kind of threshold. Huh? So you can make up to, I think in Norway, when I lived there, it was about 6,000 kroners. So it's about six, 700 euros, something like this. And then you need to declare. In Luxembourg, it's similar in Belgium as well. So above a certain threshold, I think the same principle applies. So it's tax-free. And then when, once you reach it, you need to see if you, what taxes are applicable. And then, so each need to, to look at their uh, situation. But do you, then need to to um, to create a, uh, an LLC. Like, you, do you need to create a company for that, or can you just do it simply by just filling a form for paying your taxes? So, I started as a sole proprietor um, in the United States. When you are like, if you work outside of working for an employer and you don't have something like an LLC, you are an independent contractor, aka a sole proprietor. Mm -hmm. So that means that no employer is paying your Social Security or your Medicare taxes. So you will owe both income tax and self-employment tax. And LLCs, if they are they are taxed mostly like sole proprietors as well. But in order to go out and do freelance or, and pay taxes on that, you can do it as a sole proprietor and that's completely fine. And when you do that, you fill out your tax forms as a sole proprietor and you supply your Social Security number like you would for anything else. And if you were an LLC, you would supply your EIN number instead, which mm -hmm. is your employer identification number. Okay, very clear, very clear, Daniela. No, excellent. And then um, maybe to, to conclude, so I like to dabble. So you're uh, running your blog, you're making money. So what's next for you? <laughs> oh, what's next for me? Oh, that question sometimes scares me. Right now, I'm kind of in a crossroads to figure out, you know, where mm. to go next with I like to dabble because a lot of I'm kind of burning the candles at both ends here with my day job and I like to dabble in all the things that I've been doing. I am launching soon my Pinterest for Side Hustlers mini course. I am working on consolidating a lot of the systems that I have and the tools that I have for I like to dabble. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of great content scheduled coming up, but where <laughs> I go next after I like to dabble, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're still on your road and uh, 
figuring out yeah, figuring journey. out things and growing as you go. Okay, very good. Be because you you mentioned then as well that you if you can you would like to have I like to double as your main activity in the five four five years. So in the next five years, I plan to leave my full time job. Mm -hmm. But when I plan to do that, I don't plan to be working full time for anything, including I like to dabble. I do not want to have a full time job, <laughs> not one of my own either. <laughs> okay, very cool. I don't like cool. to work. <laughs> I like to relax. I, that's why I'm I'm stacking up my money now. Yeah, for the future. Excellent, excellent. Well, Daniela, I think we we come at the end of the show, and uh, really, I want to thank you for all your uh, precious insights. I think it's quite helpful and. Hopefully we gave some ideas to people who are looking to start something on the side or to simply make some extra money. And then before, uh, oh yeah, maybe I have just one last question because we talked about you, okay, me, but we don't have kids. So what would you say to somebody who wants to uh, start something, but they say, oh no, but I have kids. Uh, I don't know. I have uh, my full-time job. I don't have time. Do you have any special thing to say to those people? So those with kids, I understand that you definitely mm. probably have limited time. I don't know what I would do if I had kids. And if you are in a relationship, like, let's say you don't have two parents either. It's really hard. I would help. I would ask for help for a, from a family member or a friend. If there is something you really want to start to mm -hmm. be like, hey, is, is it okay if you can watch so-and-so on these certain dates, you know, schedule your plan ahead of time, schedule your time ahead of time or to work on your side hustle or your specific project. because. For your side hustle, you don't have to specifically take on a side hustle that you're actually doing active work on. You can explore options like maybe writing an ebook on something that you're really interested in or creating um, a digital product for something you really like to do. Like, let's say you have an interest in photography and you have that sort of experience to create uh, filters that people use on apps like Lightroom or, you know, anywhere else. This is just like an example, throwing it out there. You can just take maybe work with a friend or a family member to set time aside so that you have your, you know, kids looked after mm -hmm. yeah. while you're working on your project. And you can just kind of do research then and kind of set up like, let's say an Etsy store or a Shopify store where you sell these digital products. And that time can be used to kind of work towards your passive income stream there. So then over time, you wouldn't be expected to put an active time for that. You can kind of watch it maintain itself. Okay, very good advice, uh, Daniela. So thank you. Yeah. So now we've come at the end of the show, Daniela. And um, yeah, thank you for all your insights. I think it's uh, very good. And uh, in case uh, listeners want to um, want to find something, uh, yeah, I think it's quite a good inspiration. I hope that this will be helpful. And then, as you know, uh, before we close, we always have our three quick fire questions. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, very good. So we didn't really talk about money. I mean, in the sense of investing, I mean, you touched upon it briefly. But what has been your best investment so far? My best investment would probably be any of the learning I've done on my own as I'm building. I like to dabble. And that time I've spent looking into like small business structures and how to pay myself right and how to kind of manage the business mm -hmm. money. Because, you know, I'm I'm good with managing our personal money. but And now we have like this extra money coming in. And I, I've had horrible <laughs> spending patterns in my life. And I know how easy it is to fall back into those. So mm. all of that kind of individual learning that I've embarked on, as I guess my myself, investing in myself would be would best for me. Okay, very good. And then books. Uh, so do you have a, a book that you can recommend to uh, anyone? And it does not need to be about money or side hustling or anything? So I am 
really big into inspiration and motivation when I read books. I don't like, I don't read that many nonfiction books. The ones I do, you know, are, I guess, specific one-off ones, but I really love books that kind of like inspire me. Mm-hmm. So I went through a really traumatic time in my life back in 2014. And I found the book Life of Pi. Yeah. Um, it's also around the same time I saw the movie. I saw the movie after I read the book, though. <laughs> I'm one of those people. And I, it's my absolute favorite book I've ever read in my life. I definitely recommend Life of Pi to anybody if you've never read it before. Um, I also love the book Sharp Objects. Okay. Well, The Life of Pi, I, I saw the movie. I really like, I really enjoyed it as well. So maybe that might be a good, um, nonfiction book for myself because sometimes I'm looking for more uh, nonfiction instead of only business and the uh, and the self-development book so yeah good suggestion thank you <laughs> and um, maybe last question that I'm actually done last question what is the best purchase you can recommend for under a hundred dollars the best purchase I can recommend for under a hundred dollars I know it's a tricky one <laughs> it is a tricky one I was going to say a cell phone case because I, I used to drop and break my cell phone all the time. That was only $8. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a small purchase, but it protects, uh, I don't know, a five, $600 one. So no, very good. Yeah. I, I have a, yeah, I always buy one as well because otherwise, uh, ever since I dropped my sc- my phone one time and uh, I had to um, repair the screen for 80 euros or something. So yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Vo- yeah. Voila. So, okay, excellent. So, Daniela, okay, of course, people, where can people find you? So, of course, I like to dabble.com. And uh, where else? Yeah. So, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. On Instagram, I'm I like to dabble blog. Twitter, uh, it's just I like to dabble. It's I like to dabble on Facebook and TikTok. On Pinterest, if you're one of the Pinterest people, if you love Pinterest, um, you can follow me there as well. You just search for I like to dabble. Okay, perfect. Well, then uh, I will link everything in the show notes so uh, the listeners can find you. And Daniela, I want to thank you once again uh, for uh, yeah your precious uh, tips on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is fun. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. And if you find it useful, please make sure you share it with a friend. Or you can also read the show in your favorite podcast app. This will help the show to grow. So if you do so, thank you very much. And now let's go to the key takeaways for today. Number one on side hustling. It takes a lot of time, don't underestimate it, but after a while, you can delegate some of the tasks. Talking about time, be mindful with your time to avoid burnout, set boundaries for yourself, and force some time off if needed. How to get started with a side hustle? You can brain dump what's in your head, the skills you want to develop, the side hustles you saw or heard of uh, on other websites, on Daniela's website. (laughs) So yeah, just do this brain dump, write everything down and see what fits for you. You can also do an online personality test to see which side hustle could be the right fit for you as well. That's another option. And if you're looking at online side activities, you can look at freelancing opportunities. As Daniela mentioned, you can look at Facebook groups or you can even look at virtual assistant jobs. And as an indicative rate, she gave about $35 an hour. And that's quite a good rate, actually. Just to give you a back of the napkin trick, that amounts to, I mean, for a full-time activity at this rate, It amounts to $70,000 a year. The trick is to multiply this hourly rate by 2,000. If you're a parent with kids, okay, it will be more difficult to set up time aside for your side hustle. But yeah, try to schedule your time where they can be taken care of, where you can work undisturbed. And as well, a good idea that uh, Daniela gave is to create digital products, photo filters, printables, eBooks, whatever, that, okay, maybe you put the time right now, but the products you're selling, they will generate income in the future and as well, more time with your loved ones. 
Number two, what are some side hustle opportunities you can do right now in the current pandemic? So you can become an online teacher, you can tutor students, you can teach your language online, and this works well, of course, with English, French, uh, Spanish, widespread languages. I mean, if you're Hungarian or Finnish, uh, maybe there's a market for that, of course, but it will be less uh, widespread. <laughs> anyway, you can also teach guitars, you can walk dogs with the apps like Rover, which is also available in Europe, by the way, France, Sweden, Germany, not every country, but many of them. So have a look at it if that's something uh, that you like to do. And you can also do pet sitting. Another option is to flip items you know a lot about. So you can flip guitars, you can flip uh, furniture. So the idea is to find them at a low price, sell higher or refurbish and sell at a higher price. Not all side hustles are created equal. It's not all rosy there. Some are bad, some are not the right fit or some are not as profitable as they used to be. Like she mentioned, um, Amazon dropshipping, for example. Number three, if your side hustle starts to get bigger and bigger, well, contact your local accountant or entrepreneur bureau and see what rules apply to you in terms of tax regulations. When do you start to pay taxes? And uh, what company structures should you set up? Is it sole proprietorship, an LLC, uh, whatever it is in your country? For example, in Luxembourg, you can um, have a SIRLS. So there's all sorts of um, business structures you need to, to look at. And last but not least, I really like Daniela's goal and philosophy. Stack up the work and create those multiple streams of income now so you don't have to work later. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening. And I'll speak to you next time.